Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Join me for insightful conversations and interviews about our cattle industry. Here we discuss the shared struggles and successes of this life we've chosen as ranchers. Here, we seek to learn from the experts around us, eager to grow and challenge the accepted. Here we are, the Black Hereford Chronicles. I've got a couple of sale reports to throw your way. The JM Cattle Company and Blazer Farms sale sold 28 Black Hereford bulls, averaging just over $3,400. And the JNN Ranch sale sold 101 Black Hereford bulls, averaging $6,321. Congrats to the Hoaglands on a great sale. This episode it has two distinct conversations. The first part is an interview with the guys over at Ranch HQ. I find what they're doing to be utterly fascinating. They're taking on the world of online sales and going a completely different direction than the other options that exist out there. And I just love a story when someone gets fed up with a problem and creates their own solution. I think that's a characteristic that really unites a lot of us as Black Hereford breeders. We've seen an issue, a hole in the market that's not being met, and we jumped in as early adopters to the potential solution. The second part of this episode jumps into a pretty fun rabbit hole, homozygous black. I dragged Logan back into the office to talk through the focus on homo black and when it should or shouldn't be a breeder focus. Let's dig in. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Hereford Chronicles. Um, I know that the guest that I've got on today, you're all going to giggle at a little bit because you just heard from him in our last episode. But uh, Black Hereford Breeder and Board of Director member Mark Ibsen's got some really cool stuff going on right now. And I figured it was worth all of our time to sit down and have a conversation and kind of hear what he is building. So I want to start there. I've got two guests, actually. And so I want to start by introducing him and allowing Mark to introduce himself again, just in case you happen to miss the last few episodes that he's been on. And we'll get cracking from there. So, Mark, pretend like we don't know who you are. I'm Mark Ibsen. Uh, like Jennifer said, I'm on the board of directors for the Black Hereford Association. I uh, seem to be on this a lot, so if uh, if, uh, if you're tired of me, I'm sorry, but uh, I think this is a cool idea that we've come up with, and I'm excited to share it. Well, if you're tired of Mark, don't worry, because we also have Tanner Ibsen. <laughs> so Tanner, will you introduce yourself for a second and just kind of let us know who you are? Yeah, and, and thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Tanner, Mark's son, um, chose a bit of a different career path from him. I actually went from the ranch straight into software development and I've built a career there. And uh, that's kind of what's led us to this conversation. So I have to say, I'm really excited to hear about what you guys are doing, because some of my favorite stories, especially in our industry, are people that notice a problem, notice something that's not working right. And rather than wringing their hands and bemoaning how terrible it is or going and asking someone else to rescue them, they build something and fix it themselves. So, Mark, why don't you tell us first what it is you've built and give us the story about why you decided to do this? Okay. Actually, I did not build it. It was Tanner that built it for us. He he saw the dilemma we were in. And with that, I'll go back to the beginning. So 11 years ago, Becky and I decided that we needed a way to market our bulls 
different. We we were t- we didn't like the private treaty route. We had been uh, going down to consignment sales, and we did not like that because we were gone so much, and it was just getting to be harder and harder to find help while we were gone. We had tried the bull test route, but when we moved to fall calving, that kind of kicked us out of that deal on a large scale. So we needed a avenue to market our calves and our bulls. And so we got invited by a friend of Becky's to join in his production sale. And we were on the ground floor and um, we talked to sell two out of three years and got ourselves uninvited. And so he wasn't wasn't happy that we were taking, he felt like we were taking money out of his pocket. So we were in a dilemma. We didn't know whether, how we were going to do it. We weren't big enough to hold a live production sale on our own. And that's what we wanted to do is just uh, be on our own. So we searched around and we found some internet sites that hosted online production sales. And we joined and we found that there was probably at this site that we were on, there was probably 15 or 20 other breeders that were having sales that spring. And so um, our buyers were very hesitant. They, they had not bought online before. We were very scared because we didn't know exactly what we were getting into. And so long story short, as we progressed through the years, our buyers became more comfortable with the with the online sales. But more and more of the breeders that was on that sales site were going in different directions with their sales, either a live sale or they were going back to consignment sales. So the company that hosted this decided that it was not worth their money and the designer's time to update their systems. And so as that system got older and older and older, we started having more and more glitches and more troubles that were really causing us a lot of grief and a lot of sleepless nights. So a year, about two years ago, we just finished our sale in March. Tanner was out of school. he was he was a, a web de- or a, not a web developer but a, a, a developer, and we told him about the problems we had, and he kind of watched what we had done, and he said I can fix that. So he developed this this cell site, we call it Ranch HQ, and we worked on it. We had our cell on it last year. Um, it was amazing the difference the, the the speed the reliability everything about it we liked and so we've done some upgrades and we decided that we needed to share this now with with other people so that takes it from square one to to today well for anybody that's listening and found themselves really peaked at mark's talk about the process of building up the online sale and what having an online sale is like, I would encourage you to go back and actually listen to episode 23 of this show, where we went pretty in depth on what that process was like. 
With Ranch HQ, I've dug around on it and it's beautiful, by the way. What are some of those features? Because I've heard you talk about them a little bit before that are that are just kind of the, that cream on the top because there's so many out there, right? Like you, you have some options if you want to do an online sale these days, but you guys are adding a few extra things in there. Tell me about those. So, so with, I won't take all the time. I'll let Tanner jump in here in a, in a second, but with Ranch HQ, our, our uh, title is your sale, your way. And that's exactly what this site allows you to do. Um, this site allows you to build it as you want to make it your sale. And we found that not very many sites do that. They're, you don't have the flexibility with a lot of the other sites that that Ranch HQ does. Now, with Ranch HQ, you have to uh, input some of the data, your seller, all of the data yourself, which is not hard. Um, or some of the other sites may do that for you. Um, but you are paying a very pretty premium for that. Yes, yes. Um, and I'm not going to try to to say what those other sites charge because I really don't know for sure. But with this site, it's one one flat fee. So it's made, and it's very inexpensive. So it's made for the little guy. It's made for the medium sized guy, and and it's made for those who don't quite have enough to have their own production sale live. And and so you can set up, if you only have a few head, it's probably not worth coming to this site. But if you've got 10 or 15 head, it's a perfect site for it. And, and it, you know, again, it's your sale, your way. So I'll kind of let Tanner tell us some of the highlights that he's put into it. Yeah, and and uh, like we already said, um, last year was a bit of a proof of concept. Uh, we ran through it, and and as mentioned, it was super successful in our eyes. Um, but we took a lot of lessons learned from that. We've tried to to revamp it to make the the experience of if you are the seller, if you're the consigner, and you want to jump on and, and build this, making that process as easily and as painless as possible. Um, like we said, you do input your own data. And it's very customizable that way, but uh, we've tried to keep it as simple as possible. Um, and, and I guess the same goes if you're the buyer, right? It's it's a quick onboarding experience. Get your email, get your information, sign up on the sale, and and you're right there. Um, try to keep it competitive with all of the other sale sites out there. Uh, there's you know the live updates, notifications when you're getting outbid. A uh, timer that's that's easy that's right there in front of you. Uh, a lot of standard things, um, just at that, like you said, at a really aggressive pricing model. So, talk to me about your tech support because I think that that's something that sets you apart. Yeah, yeah, we are, you know, U.S. based. I'm right here. Um, last year during the sale, my dad would would take one of the calls with somebody who was maybe having trouble logging in or wasn't sure if their bid went through or whatever the case was. And he just handed it over to me and we were able to get it resolved within a matter of seconds, really. So uh, me being here and being able to listen to whatever anybody needs um, 
and then going through and, and making those updates, making those changes really quick if, if those are required, I think is a big selling point. Uh, and, and I'll just call out my dad and, and my stepmom, Becky, are, have really been kind of my guinea pigs for this. Um, I'll put something out. I'll say, hey, I think I, I did this really cool. Let's go test it. And they'll dive in and I'll get to see kind of how a real user would actually go through this experience. And then I make my adjustments based on that. So um, always open to feedback and trying to make the best experience possible. One of the things that can be really frustrating with these sales is trying to mine some data, right? I want to know every single person that I can. Every email that I could possibly gather, that's important for me for building my future sale base as well. What kind of opportunities are there with Ranch HQ as far as that? Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, go ahead. I'll uh, let me answer that one. So with Ranch HQ, all of the data is yours. Uh, if you get a, so every sale is set up as an individual sale. It's not one login and and you you have access to to five or six different sales. You, they log into your sale only. So when a buyer or a a potential buyer registers. That goes to you, and then you approve him, and that gives you the opportunity to uh, get in, get hold of him and, and ask them questions prior to the sale. Gives you the opportunity to build a one-on-one relationship that some of these other sites may not offer. Um, I, I've bought a lot of a lot of different cattle off of. And, and semen off of several of the online sites. And I don't know who they are. They don't know who I am. Um, it, it's kind of a meet and greet type thing. With this site, it's it's very personalized and and it's very specific to what you just said. You get to build your mailing list, your, your buyer's list. Uh, you know, not every person who registers is going to be a buyer. We found that that many times we'll have people that will register and just watch for maybe one or two years until they feel comfortable with our program and with how the how the online process all works. And so in those two years, we we can develop a good relationship with them. They're on our mailing list. We can we can send them a catalog. They they get the opportunity to see what we're doing and and gain some trust in us. So that's one of the biggest benefits that I see is that all of that data goes to you. It doesn't go to the owner of the of the sell site so that they can sell and, and send their emails and their text and everything else out for every future sale that they have it it is your data and it stays with you so that becomes important down the road after 11 some years of doing this it's amazing how many people that we've uh, become friendly with some of them have never bought bulls from us but some of them every year register and watch our sale and support us and and i know one of these years that there will be that time that they'll they'll eventually buy from us. So um, 
I, yeah. I like that as a producer. That's very important to me. And I also want to add on to that real quick. We are also working on, on kind of post-sales analytics uh, in a way that's you know ethical and, and respects buyer's privacy, obviously. Um, but working on finding those insights, like my dad was just saying, the so many registered, only a handful of them were actually bidding, and and this is kind of the the fall off point, price points at where they stopped, and things like that that we're exploring that we really think would be uh, useful going forward. Well, I want to see you break it down even further. And I want to see calving Eve's bulls price comparison, right? Did did the bulls that were marked as calving ease, how much higher did they sell for? What traits, right? Can we dig into to commonalities between specific traits and pricing? I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And the backlog of of ideas and, and plans that we've got to do to this continues to grow, but we're we're really excited about it. Well, it's very exciting. You know, anytime that there's there's something new, especially that's geared towards really helping the producer and is coming from a producer who's doing it, you know, I think that that's exciting. So I know, Mark, your sale is correct me if i'm wrong it's a racehorse style correct yes it's a racehorse style finish so what what that allows a a buyer to do is is so our sale runs from seven in the morning until seven o'clock at night and at seven o'clock it goes into the extended bidding like most online sales do and we have the flexibility we can set it to five minutes with before it closes without any bidding or we can go to five minutes for the first 30 minutes and then and then it bumps down if the the possibilities are endless on how you can set it up to match what you want to do so if let's say for instance you just had a small offering and let's say for instance 15 head it'd be very easy just to be able to watch that those 15 head and know where, let's say you're bidding on two animals, you can scroll up and down and see where you're at and watch them very closely. So you could, you could lower that extended bidding down to, to go and uh, so that you close the sale if there's no bidding within that last two minutes. With what if you have 60 head, and it's all over the board and it, it so it takes a little longer so you can spread that out. But what it what it allows the buyer to do too is and, and I'll I'll back up a little bit. So one of the features that we have is we have a favorites list and we have a my bids list. And so on the favorites list, you can go in and you can you can go through the catalog, you can go through the sales site, and you can pick out the animals that you like, whether it be bulls, heifers, uh, frozen lots, whatever, you can group them so that that's all you see. And so when you get into that extended bidding time and, and it gets down to the nitty gritty. So in the extended bidding time, basically what happens is, is all the lots will remain open as long as there's active bidding. But as soon as there's Let's say you set two minutes as your time. As soon as there's no bidding, 
on any lots in the entire cell in two minutes, then the cell will close down and that will be, and, and there's a timer that will let you know where you're at on the clock. So you think, well, two minutes is a lot of time, but when you're getting pressed and and there's pressure and and you're looking at, at whatever lot you have and somebody knocks you off of a lot that you really wanted and it's out of your budget now, and you're thinking, what do I do now? I need a bull. And and you start to panic. Those two minutes go by pretty fast. But if you have your your favorites listed, you can just go to the next bull and you can bid on your, your second choice bull. And as you're bidding, let's say you get bumped off of that bull and you think, you know, I really like that. My first choice bull. I think I'll go throw another bid on him just to see if I can get him. This is the difference between an online sale and a live sale is how many times have you sat in a live auction? And, and we all know that maybe one, two, and three, the first three lots are probably your best bargains because they're the good bulls, but they're not quite the very best because they just want you to warm up a little bit. And you let those three go by. And then all of a sudden the sale takes off and you think, man, I wish I'd have bid on those first three bulls because they were good and they were in my price range. And now they've gone out of my price range. Well, in this sale, you have the option to bounce around wherever you want to go. You can go back and forth. You can go first choice, second choice, third choice, however you want to do it. But we do lump them together so that you can either watch it as your favorites list or you can watch it. If you hit the My Bids uh, button, then it just brings up those animals that you have bid on. So let's say you're interested in, in a bull or two and maybe a heifer that's down 30 or 40 lots in the cell. That brings it all, compresses everything together, and it eliminates those lots that, that you just aren't interested in. You know, whether you're uh, not interested in a, in a growth bull or, or the Cavanese bulls you don't need, so you want growth bulls, or you're just looking at heifers or combinate. I mean, there's a million combinations that you can make, and and we've over time we've realized that it really is hard to scroll up and down forty or fifty lots and keep track of all the ones that you need to be watching, and so this. The, the My Bids or the Favorites button is really, really a great feature. And um, we're grateful to have that. Talk to me about the options for the animals themselves in those individual lots. Are we just looking at pictures? Are videos a choice? Does it link to videos so you can put them in that way? Yeah, so yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Tanner. Okay. Yeah. All of that's there. Um, you can view the lot, um, and, and kind of see what we've put in so far on, on the hips and cattle, uh, auction page, but you can have up to four photos that you upload of, of any given lot. Uh, and then the option to embed YouTube videos, which again, where I'm right here, if that ever needed to change for any reason, and we need to do a different type easy enough, we'll get it done. Um, and then virtually unlimited amounts of data that you want to put in. If you've got long footnotes that you want to add or a handful of different categories that you want to call out, whether it's PAP scores or EPDs or whatever it is, 
uh, that's available. Um, we also allow different types of links if you want to direct your buyers to go visit their registration page or whatever the case might be. Um, really, again, going back to what we said earlier, the customization is is uh, the name of the game here. So we've we've tried to keep it open, and whatever people want you to see when you click view, the view lot button, uh, they can customize it so you can see whatever they whatever they desire. So this is a rabbit hole that has nothing to do with your website, but you mentioned YouTube and I think it's important for people to know this when you're getting your bull videos done, even if you're getting them professionally done, you need to ask your videographer who owns those videos, make sure that it is you make sure that you are the owners of those videos and YouTube really is the best place to house them because we see a lot of times that some of these videographers will prefer to put them on their own sites rather than give them to you and then you're using them via YouTube or your website. So if somebody's on your website or looking on, say, a sales site and they click to look on a video, it's actually taking them away from either your sale or your website and it's taking them to the photographer's website, right? So you're redirecting and you're losing the attention of that person. It's sending it elsewhere. So make sure you own your videos, put them on YouTube, and then you can embed them in your website and in Range HQ. And that keeps the attention on your operation and what you're offering. And I'm sorry, I know that has nothing to do with you. It's just something that that I think people don't realize and it's important to know. Well, and it's so easy to upload. It's way, way easier to upload them onto Ranch HQ or to any of these other sales sites if they come out of YouTube. If they come out of out of the uh, those 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 guys, the videographers' uh, own site, it's they're difficult to to upload. It's very slow, and they're very big files, and and so um, yeah, that's that's a great point, Jennifer. That that YouTube is the only place to store when they, when you get somebody to come to your place, that's what you want to insist on. Well, and you really don't need a file that big. Like you don't need super high quality. You know, the images on YouTube are good enough. I promise. <laughs> that's true. So let me, let me kind of jump in here. So we've got, we've got a wider range uh, array of, of buyers. We have buyers from far away that never see the cattle, that trust our videos, that trust the pictures, and trust our how we describe them. And so, you know, I, a lot of people tease me because I'm long-winded and and I, and I carry that over into my footnotes. But I tell them I I try to describe the animal so that they can read that and kind of get a get that in their mind as they're looking at the picture of the bull or the female and and actually build their own picture of what that that animal is going to look like because they they trust us to to represent the cattle um, as they are so there's no photoshopping goes on here um, we guarantee the cattle when we deliver them to to uh, be to their liking or we just load them up with no questions asked and and that's got to be a must if you're selling online you've got to offer that guarantee because they, some of those buyers don't get a chance to look at them. Well, and if you've got, never looked at Mark's footnotes, 
do it because they're the best. He uses adjectives that you will see in no other sale catalog. <laughs> uh, rascal and potlicker. Yes. Two, two great words that I, I've always liked. But Only place I've ever seen a bull called a rascal. <laughs> so, but, you know, and then we have a group of people that come in from uh, kind of two or three hour distance and they can, they'll come and they'll look at, at bulls prior to that. And they like to see the bulls or the animals before they bid on them. And, and so we, for 30 days before the sale, we have people coming in at various times and looking at the bulls. And they they do that because they want, they like to see the animal and they don't quite trust just a picture or a video. And that's perfectly fine too. So we have a wide array of people that, do it various different ways. And, and you've got to accommodate, if you're going to have an online sale, you've got to accommodate them because you don't have that one day gathering that, that a traditional sale will have. So just, just a little note, I guess that doesn't have much to do with Ranch HQ, but that that's, that's important for people to understand. That's how, how, how it works. So the way I look at Ranch HQ is that rather than me putting my sale on a big site, right, that everybody else is on to, and so somebody's logging in to their account on a big site, and they'll find my sale, right, but they're also going to maybe get lost down the rabbit hole of 20 other sales while they're there. You're giving me what is essentially a unique website for my sale. Is that correct? Exactly. That is correct. Yeah. It, it lives on its own domain. It's, you know, my, my dad's is ipsandcattle.ranchhq.app. So we'll always have those, those last two parts on there, but it's its own silo uh, sectioned off from the rest of our, our auction powerhouse. Well, I think that's powerful. Just like I was talking about with the YouTube stuff. If you can keep your looky-loose glued into what you're offering, you're really going to improve your chances. No ads for other sales scrolling down the side. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. And, and that's what that's what you want. Is, so when when you purchase the right to use Ranch HQ, that's what you get is you get you get people that are coming to you and you build that clientele and, and you build that rapport with those. So so they're coming to you for their their uh, bulls and their heifers, uh, just like they would if they came to to your uh, live auction. You know, they're, they don't, the only difference is that they don't have to travel. They don't have to leave the cabin barn. They don't have to, to uh, miss Junior's Little League basketball game because they're traveled three hours to somebody's bull sale. They can, they can catch all that. I've had guys tell me, no, I, I bought that bull and I was coaching a basketball game at the same time. Or I bought that bull while we were sitting in the, in the cabin barn. And, and usually when we go to a bull sale, we lose a cap because we're gone. And this way we didn't do it. So um, 
the online sales and Ranch HQ offers the buyers a huge benefit of, of not having to travel up and down the road, miss things, and the flexibility of, of buying uh, and staying home. So, so where can people go to find out more information about Ranch HQ? And, and obviously, Mark, your upcoming sale is a good one to look at to get a feel for it. But if they're curious about the pricing options, have questions, where should they go? Yeah, so www.ranchhq.app, that is the, the main landing zone. Um, you can sign up, you can uh, create your own auction, and you can see other auctions that would be going on at that time. Um, so that's if you're interested in going there, um, that's where it's all done. Uh, but definitely reach out to myself or my dad. Uh, we're happy to walk anybody through the process, talk through questions, set up a demo of sorts to, to show them the capabilities. And then, like you said, uh, when my dad's auction starts off here in a couple months, um, you see it in the flesh. So, Mark, this is where I want to give you a shameless plug for your sale. Tell us everything. Okay. Our sale is on March 5th. Uh, we're, we're on Ranch HQ and we're happy to, to uh, have that site uh, host us because it's extremely, it, it's a very appealing site. And I want to say one other thing is that it, in, our, in our experience last year with it and, and, and throughout getting ready for this sale, it works on any, uh, in any application. It works on a laptop, it works on a phone, it works on an iPad. It, it has been very, I've liked the way it's looked. I've been probably the biggest critic of Tanner uh, and the, and putting the whole all together. But anyway, back to the sale. March 5th, uh, we've got uh, about 30-some bull lots, uh, 17 bred heifers. They're all fall, age advantage bulls. Uh, got a couple special frozen embryo lots that we threw in at the very end of the sale uh, to attract some people, some some uh some that i i probably shouldn't be leaving let that i shouldn't let leave the ranch but uh we did so uh, if it doesn't hurt to sell it you shouldn't be selling it uh, my problem is is i've always i i grew up as a seller and my wife's a, a keeper so we have we have to arm wrestle and she usually beats me so well, perfect. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you giving us your story and providing the opportunity for choices for producers. That's just fabulous. So thank you. We appreciate we, your time. Thank you. We appreciate you having us, Jen. Um, this is a great program, and, and I just want to say thank you. For any newcomers, I'm Jen Hill. And in addition to hosting The Chronicles, I own and operate HI slash cattle company alongside my husband, Logan. We are generational cow-calf operation that got into the seed stock business to raise better bulls. Bulls that would thrive on the range, bulls that don't need pampered or babysat, bulls that sire calves that perform well from birth through the rail and maximize profit while minimizing discount potential. HI slash cattle raises black Hereford and Angus bulls with cattlemen in mind. Our ethos is raising bulls with a higher balance, 
bulls that improve performance without sacrificing maternal power, because we know it's possible. Our motto is cattle with grit, because we know nobody has time for cattle that won't work and thrive, even in the difficult years. HI Slash Cattle offers age-advantaged, forage-developed bulls each spring. For more information, you can find HI Slash Cattle on Facebook or at HISLASHCattle.com. Bull registration info is up and pictures and videos are coming soon. So make sure you're following HI Slash Cattle on Facebook to catch lots as they are released. We are going to shift gears here now and talk for just a little bit about one of those questions, one of those discussions that seems to come up a lot this time of year as we get into bull sale season. And that's, is he homozygous black? We get asked that a lot, right? And there's a lot of reasons why, but it's an interesting dichotomy that kind of exists within black Herefords. There's a lot of people that chase homozygous black really hard, that that is one of their primary or the primary selection consideration when they're looking at critters to purchase. And there are a lot of breeders who completely reject homozygous black. I look at it kind of similarly to how I think about polled versus horned Herefords, right? I follow the genetics and the phenotype to the best animal, whether it is pulled or horned. Are there a lot of people out there that feel really strongly about horns one way or the other? Absolutely. Do I think that the pulled genetics are improving? Absolutely. Do I think they're quite there? Do I think a a pulled Hereford on average is going to match the muscling of a horned Hereford on average? Probably not. Right? But it's getting there. Okay. But I just choose to breed whichever animal is best for my herd, whether or not they are pulled or horned. And that's kind of how I like to think about homozygous black bulls. I know Logan kind of has some stronger feelings than I do on whether or not people should be selecting for homozygous black. So I'll let him tell me all the ways in which I am wrong. No, I completely agree with that so far. Um, I don't think it's important to buy a homozygous black bull at all, at all in general. Um, the one, the bull that you should definitely be trying to purchase is the one that will push your program farther forward, whatever that is. And this is where you and I probably start to differ a little bit, because I do think that there are legitimate times in which the bull that will push your program farther is homozygous black and not because he's a great bull, but because that hide color really matters to you. I think we see a lot of commercial cattlemen that the reason they are interested in exploring black Herefords is because they're really trying to limit that red sort. And I get that, right? That Mm -hmm. was why we first got curious about black Herefords. So I totally understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. There is a huge discount for red cattle in the sale barn or on, or superior other video auctions as well. And so I think that that's where on the surface, trying to really focus on a homozygous black animal can really matter. What I've noticed is that people tend to just assume that if a bull is heterozygous black, that means he will have some red calves. 
and they completely discount the cow side of it. And that's kind of what I want to talk about because I think it can get a little bit tricky. So let's approach it from this angle. If hide color is something that is important to you, if you're selling calves and you are trying to avoid the red sort, what kind of cows would it be important for you to focus on having a homozygous black bull so that you can avoid those red calves? I would say the most important cows would be obviously red cows would be first and foremost because they're going to have, with a heterozygous black bull, they'll have a 50, 50% chance of having a red calf. Um, also, if you're sw- slowly switching over your uh, cow herd to black from red, whether it's red Angus, red Hereford, whatever, that first generation cross of your cows is going to be pretty much all heterozygous red animals. So you're still looking at uh, 25% chance with a heterozygous black bull. So I would say it just depends on the generational makeup of your herd, whether it's red sitting there looking at it right now, or if it's half red under the hide, so to speak. Our own commercial cow-calf herd has been an interesting, and I promise all of you people, your phone did not just get a text. That was mine. I know everybody stopped and checked their phone. Um, you, our commercial cow-calf herd has been a really interesting kind of experiment in this in some ways. Yeah. Right. Our cows, I mean, some of those girls, you go back far enough. There's probably some Solaire in some of those ladies. Yeah, there'll be a little bit of Solaire, some Simital, you know, nothing too crazy. <laughs> but some French breeds, yes. Right. But, I mean, phenotypically, most of our cows look like a Hereford Angus cross. Yes. All right. What percentage of our commercial cows would you say are red? 30 to 40% probably. Not quite half. I'd say most of them are black, but... Yeah, I'd say about 30% too. Yeah. And so for us, we run on our commercial cows now, Angus and Black Hereford Bulls. And this year, with 30% of our cows, approximately, about red, right, out of hundreds and hundreds of calves, we had just over one, probably one and a half percent of our calves come out red. So for us... Focusing on homozygous black just isn't a priority. We are chasing the best genetics that are going to fit our program. We also have the option on a lot of our cattle to take calves, yearlings, to the feedlot and finish them out and sell them on the rail where the, the red discounts aren't as noticeable. It's more of a quality-driven price. Um, CAB, obviously, obviously bring some premiums and our solid black calves tend to do a little bit better. Baldy calves tend to do better on that. But um, the discount isn't as noticeable, I would say, on the rail. So I guess my takeaway on this would just be that you need to really think about what your cow herd is and whether or not you're willing to sacrifice a few other things to chase homozygous black or if that really truly is a priority because right now you've got a bunch of red cows and that black hide is important to you. I I think that there's room for both. 
and that there, there's no wrong decision. I don't like when we act snooty one way or the other about it. There is no wrong decision in this. It's just in knowing what your hurt is and what your goals are. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your butt and tell you that I think the homozygous bulls are by and large as good as the heterozygous yet. Uh, you know, we've had some great ones. We've had some that aren't quite there and have to be cut back because they're just not. There's too many other things lacking. And I, you know, that's why I liken it to the pole horned issue in Hereford. I do think there's a difference there. But you just need to know what's important for your operation. Absolutely. Now, feel free to hop on Facebook and tell me all the ways that I'm wrong. I love engaging with you guys and would love to hear your thoughts on this. This show is lucky to have the support of wonderful Black Hereford breeders like Walter's Cattle Farm. They have been a fantastic sponsor of the Chronicles for a long time now. The Walters are committed to the American Black Hereford Association and its members. They believe in the future of this breed and the education and community that the association can provide. They also believe in muscled cattle. Take a look at what Walters Cattle Farms have going on by following them on Facebook or give Robert a holler at 270-832-1180. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.